Psalm 88. Lord, you are the God who saves me. Day and night I cry out to you. May my, may my prayer come before you. Turn your ear to hear my cry. I am overwhelmed with troubles, and my life draws near to death. I am counted among those who go down to the pit. I am like one without strength. I am set apart with the dead, like the slain who lie in the grave, whom you remember no more, who are cut off from your care. You have put me in the lowest pit, in the darkest depths. Your wrath lies heavily on me. You have overwhelmed me with all your waves. You have taken from me my closest friends and have made me repulsive to them. I am confined and cannot escape. My eyes are dim with grief. I call to you, Lord, every day. I spread out my hands to you. Do you show your wonders to the dead? Do their spirits rise up and praise you? Is your love declared in the grave, your faithfulness in destruction? Are your wonders known in the place of darkness or your righteous deeds in the land of oblivion? But I cry to you for help, Lord. In the morning, my prayer comes before you. Why, Lord, do you reject me and hide your face from me? From my youth, I have suffered and been close to death. I have borne your terrors and am in despair. Your wrath has swept over me. Your terrors have destroyed me. All day long, they surround me like a flood. They have completely engulfed me. You have taken from me friend and neighbour. Darkness is my closest friend. Thank you. I'm going to pray as well. Let's pray. As we come to your word today, Lord God, Heavenly Father, our hearts are a little more vulnerable than usual. Would you hold us in safety and love and strengthen our community, we pray. In the name of Jesus. Amen. A few years ago, I was away on a weekend away with some friends, and one of my friends shared with me about her son's chronic illness and his deteriorating health. And we'd talked about this before, and usually my friend would express an amazing optimism uh, that God was in control of the situation. But on this day, she began to sob, really sob. And she began to ask questions. How long is this going to go on? We just can't seem to get a break, our family. And as she cried and questioned, her questions actually would, became directed to God. Why won't you heal my son? She asked. I've been praying for so long. Don't you care? Why won't you do something about this, God? My friend was crying out to the God that she trusted, but at the same time, she was questioning his faithfulness. She was crying out to the God who loves her, but she was not at all sure that he actually cared for her and her family. Her prayers were disorientated, mixed with tears of sadness, frustration and even anger. And this is what lament is. Tears mixed with prayers, or prayers mixed with tears. 
And I just want to say three things about lament today that I think are going to be helpful for us. First of all, I'm going to tell you that to lament in this world makes perfect sense. And then that lament is something good to do together, like we are today. And thirdly, that to lament is to enact our faith. So first of all, it makes sense to lament. My friend's hardship is just one of the millions of stories of suffering in our world. And I'm not saying that to downplay it at all, but just to point out how necessary it is that we mix our prayers with tears. This beautiful world that God made is really messed up, isn't it? And as we live in it, we cannot avoid suffering and the effects of evil in our lives. And the, the weird thing is that if you are blessed with a long life, you will experience more grief and sorrow as you age. And each one of you carries your own unique struggles and doubts and have brought them today to church. And I want to honour you in that, that you've come today. Some of you carry tremendous personal burdens. Some are fresh wounds. And some are things that you've been carrying for a long time. Difficult relationships, loneliness, unfulfilled desires or unwanted desires, loss, grief. Some of you have experienced abuse. Some of you struggle with physical or mental illness. Some of us have crippling doubts and fears. Sometimes we look out at the state of the world and we wonder how on earth are things ever going to be made right. The book of Psalms in the Old Testament that we've been reading from this morning, we've read two Psalms from there, 13 and 88. That book contains many, many songs of lament. The Israelites did not shy away from mixing their prayers with tears. And we don't need to put on a brave face for one another either. And those ancient Psalms can help us, even now, learn how to cry out to God. They give us language to express our sorrows and various patterns of prayer that we can follow. And just as there are different kinds of suffering, there are different laments. You know, sometimes we can point to the cause of our suffering. In many of the Psalms, the speaker identifies obstacles and enemies. So we saw enemies, didn't we, in the Psalm today? And they ask God to deal with them. Usually they want their enemies killed. They're pretty, they're just out there with it. Kill my enemies, God, or put them to shame. We might feel a bit uncomfortable with that, right? Uh, but what they're doing in the psalm is they are handing back the power to God to do what he will do. This is what I want to happen, God, but I'm giving it to you. We can do this in our lament. You can ask God to stop the bullies. You can ask God to bring down oppressive governments. 
and to bring justice to those who are downtrodden. Sometimes we identify that we are the cause of our suffering or other people's. A few years ago, I hurt a friend of mine with my careless words and our relationship broke down. And I've apologised to her, but we continue now to be estranged. And that really hurts. And not just because I've lost my friendship, but because I know that I was the cause. So my prayers of lament about that situation contain prayers of confession as well. Like David in Psalm 51. Creating me a clean heart, he cries. Renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from your presence, O God. When we lament like this, we do so in the knowledge that God is always ready to forgive. He's always ready to restore us in Christ Jesus. And he will not shame us. And then there are all the other times when we cannot draw a straight line from suffering to cause. Who or what is to blame for my friend's child's illness? There's no real explanation. And it feels so unfair. And in the Psalms we see people protesting their innocence as well in the face of hardship. Psalm 88, which Sophie read, is probably the heaviest of all the lament psalms, right? There's no relief in there, is there? That person is so downcast that they cry out, I am overwhelmed with troubles. My strength is all gone. Ever since I was a child, I've been suffering. I'm going to die. And in verse 13, they say, I've been crying to you, Lord, for help. In the morning, my prayer comes before you. That is, I've been crying out every morning. Why, Lord, do you reject me and hide your face from me? This person feels that God is very far off, even rejecting them, even maybe punishing them, and they've given up all hope. And some of you today might have been asking God for help for a long time and nothing has changed. You may feel very alone and that even God is absent. Perhaps the memory of God's kindness in the past and the promise that Jesus will one day return to put things right is of little comfort to you because the present is so hard to endure. And that's why, second point, it's good that we lament together. Now, before Jesus was arrested and put to death, he went to the Garden of Gethsemane to pray. If you don't know that story, you can read it all in Matthew chapter 26. He took his close friends with him on that night. And in verse 8, it says, he said to them, To his friends, my soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. 
Jesus was asking his friends to companion him in his lamenting. Of course, the story goes on that they fell asleep. And I think, I think that they were so full of food and wine and dreams of accompanying Jesus to his glory that they couldn't connect with him and his sorrow. But Jesus wished they would. He kept waking them up. To lament with others is so much better than going it alone. The church is not a place for people who've got their lives all together. We worship the suffering Jesus. Christians are not immune from suffering. We turn up here on Sunday to worship God together and for the sake of one another. We are family. We are the Jesus community. And so we can cry out together, how long, O Lord, and not be surprised and not feel embarrassed. The Psalms sometimes sound like private prayers, but in fact, they're the public playlist for God's people. They were intended to be sung in community. The playlist for the contemporary church has proportionally far less songs of lament than the Psalms do. And maybe we need to be mindful of this. I found it hard to find songs for today. We need to keep making room in our structured time to allow lament together in song and prayer and in the stories we share in community time. And that's something I've been thinking about myself this week. And in our community groups, our play groups, at morning tea after the service, in the prayer corner here, in our little happenings, we can come together and we can share one another. Not just the good things, but the struggles too. It might sound a bit daunting to let your guard down and share your struggles with another person, and it may sound daunting to offer yourself as a friend to someone in pain. I think in our culture, though, when we think about supporting someone in their pain, we think about fixing problems, all right, and making it all better, helping them to stop being sad. But that is not what we do in lament. Lament is not to fix each other's problems, actually, but to be open to listening and praying with one another in whatever circumstance. When my friend opened up to me about her son's illness, honestly, I felt really helpless. I don't live anywhere near her, actually, so I couldn't do anything practical. I'm not a medical specialist, and uh, so I have nothing, no opinion or advice to offer. And I couldn't promise her that God would heal her son. But by God's grace, I was able to listen to her with compassion and then offer to pray with her, which she wanted. And in my prayer, I just repeated all the sorrows she'd already said and the same questions. And then I ended with something that she hadn't been able to say herself something hopeful that pointed to the promises that God has made us. Because she couldn't hope, I hoped for her. 
and beside her. I prayed something a bit like at the end of Psalm 13. You might want to have a look. In verse 5, after all these questions and wrestling, the psalmist says, But I trust in your unfailing love, and my heart rejoices in your salvation. I will sing God's praise, for he has been good to me. In my prayer, I remembered how God had loved us unfailingly by sending his son into the world to live and die on the cross for us. And I asked God to help us both to keep trusting him so we could keep praising him all our days. Well, um, point three. Whenever we lament together, or even alone, we are activating our faith. Even in the worst of times, even if you're the Psalm 88 person, when there is no hope to be expressed. If you cry out, are you there, God? Do you care? This is not an act of unbelief. Quite the opposite. To keep appealing to God when we suffer and we doubt his presence is bold and counterintuitive. Doubt is not the opposite of faith. They work together to address what is still unknown still unseen, still unfulfilled. And anger is not the opposite of love. Indifference or apathy is. In the dark times, the best that we can do is exercise faith and lament with all its questions and railing and mixed emotions and tears is the most authentic spiritual practice that we have for this. So whatever troubles you right now, please don't compare or relativize it. We love doing this. Oh, I'm not as bad off as that person. All suffering and evil that we encounter in our world is worth lamenting. Every time we turn to God with tears in our eyes, we are opening ourselves up to experience his comfort and restoration. And we are living out our faith. When Jesus, the Son of God, came into the world, he willingly entered into our suffering. He experienced criticism and rejection. He was misunderstood. Powerful people plotted against him. And one of his closest friends betrayed him. He was tortured, humiliated and killed. And in his greatest moment of suffering, he felt all alone. Even though Jesus, of all people, had an unwavering eternal perspective on things and a strong sense of his purpose and mission, it did not stop him from feeling deeply troubled and asking questions of his heavenly father. Jesus also lamented. And when he was close to death, Hanging on the cross, he cried out words of lament from Psalm 22. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? That psalm goes on, why are you so far from saving me? So far from my cries of anguish. This was not unbelief. 
This was faith. And because Jesus remained faithful all the way to death and raised to eternal life for our sake, we can keep turning to God, even in the hardest times. Our hope is not for everything to be fixed now. Our hope is that we might endure suffering, just as he did, knowing that we have companions, knowing that he companions us by his spirit. So that one day we might share in eternal life with Jesus when he returns. And don't you love the end of Revelation where it says, when Jesus comes, he will wipe every tear from our eyes.